Good morning, good morning. Thank you for tuning in this fine Monday. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You barely open your eyes in the morning and you're thinking about work. Maybe having anxiety about work. You're lucky if you haven't already awoken at some point in the night doing the same thing. You go to work. You probably work longer than a typical day. And even when you leave work, you find yourself thinking about work. Maybe you're perseverating about something someone did or said, something you didn't get done, or just the what-ifs that go along with leading people. You are so mentally drained from thinking about work, you have no energy to engage with your family. The mental hamster wheel just doesn't stop. So, how do you make it stop? Well, Today I'm going to talk through some tips on how to do that. And believe me, I know that it is easier said than done. I've walked in those shoes far too many years. Hey friend, if after listening to this episode you want some relief from burnout and overwhelm, but still don't know where to start, or you need a little help, I got you. Jump on a quick and free discovery call with me to see if one of my time management strategy sessions would give you the jumpstart you need. Go to gracefilledleader.com forward slash more time method to book your free call. You can also find the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Gracefield Leader Podcast. Do you want better work-life balance? Do you get stuck in patterns of perfectionism and people-pleasing? Have you always been an overachiever? but never really feel good enough, no matter how much outward success you achieve? Hi, I'm Tanya, a wife, mom, leader, Christian life coach, and Jesus lover. For most of my life, I tried to find worthiness through achievement, but no matter how hard I worked or how much I achieved, I never felt like I was enough. I was left burned out, empty, and exhausted. I had no time or energy for myself or my family. I needed balance. I needed peace. I finally started to live like an unconditionally loved daughter of the King, saved by grace. This faith-led podcast will teach you self-care routines and practical leadership strategies to help you navigate life and leadership. If you're ready to stop people-pleasing and start living and leading God's way, this podcast is for you. Unbutton your blazers and roll up your sleeves, sister friends. It's time to get after it. I can remember as a frontline manager never feeling like I could be further than five feet from my phone at any given moment, even at night. Someone might need something, have a question, or call in sick for their shift. I literally set zero boundaries around my time. This meant nearly constant anxiety, overwhelm, perseverative thinking, and eventually burnout. My family would always make comments about me always checking my phone, and couldn't I just turn it off or wait until the next day to take care of whatever needed my attention? I used to get so frustrated but feel guilty at the same time. They just didn't understand what it meant to lead a team. 
It wasn't so simple to just put in my 8 to 5 and be done for the day. But I also knew that it wasn't fair to them that I was constantly distracted, tired, and not 100% present for them. I was lucky if I was 10% present. I learned far too late in my career that I didn't really have to be available quite as much as I thought I did for work. There are ways to be just as effective and, in fact, more productive and effective as a leader while making room for personal boundaries. The truth was, I was imposing a great deal of my stress on myself. I was contributing to my own burnout. While I still have periods of time that I get overwhelmed by the sheer number of responsibilities I have between my day job, my side gig, my husband's business, various projects going all at the same time, and managing a home, I can honestly say that I am more often in a whole other place when it comes to my mental peace and my ability to manage my time. I would say that there are three key components that have resulted in that change or have led to that change. I can honestly say that I experience life much differently than I did just a couple of years ago. And it's not because my life has changed or gotten easier or I have less to do. The opposite is true. So I wanted to share three key strategies for being able to leave work at work from a physical and a psychological standpoint. The first thing, as with every other message you have heard me deliver, the absolute biggest and first place I start is with my daily God time. And I don't mean the duty-bound approach to reading scripture just because I should. I mean it is time that I need intentional and necessary time spent seeking his voice, his spirit, his leading, and his peace. Time getting to know his character and building relationship. I take advantage of the gift he offers us, the ability to truly surrender my day to him. I'm getting too old and too tired to want to fight all the battles put out all the fires, and figure everything out on my own. I've spent the better part of five decades trying that, and it hasn't exactly been unicorns and rainbows. I have many conversations with God multiple times a day, asking Him to flood me with His presence and remind me of His peace. I ask Him to be in my decision-making and in my conversations. I ask him to continually remind me that my purpose is not to seek approval from humans, but to do my best to glorify him in my work. I suggest that you find a format that is easy for you to absorb if you are just starting your journey or have limited time to be in the Word. If I have time for nothing else, I always read my Jesus Calling devotional by Sarah Young and the supporting scriptures that go with each one. As someone who has struggled with anxiety, a lack of peace, and people-pleasing, 
This devotional has been one that speaks to me like no other. They are very short daily devotions written as if Jesus is talking to you. I'm honestly amazed at how every single day speaks directly to my heart. It seems like it was written just for me. I choose to immerse myself in things that reinforce the desire to seek God. I don't allow myself to listen to a lot of news anymore or partake in people ranting on social media. It is just too draining for me. I listen to audiobooks or podcasts on my drive to work. Or I listen to nothing at all and just use that as quiet time with the Lord asking him to help me see and hear what he needs me to see and hear that day. All of these practices are helping me to grow in my reliance on him. As that trust in him grows, the worries imposed by the world seem to get smaller and smaller. It certainly isn't because events or circumstances in the world are getting better. I'm just able to tune out the noise a bit more. I'm intentionally seeking to put God behind the wheel, to make Him the CEO of my life and my work. In Friday's episode, we will talk a bit more about how God actually calls us to manage our time and instructs us to manage our time wisely for His purposes. Jesus even said no sometimes to requests for his time. And don't we look to Jesus as our example of how to live and how to lead? More on that next episode. So on to strategy number two. The second thing that I do to better leave work at work is that I manage my time differently. I've developed a time management system that I call the more time method. It allows me a more organized approach to my work, and not just my work at my day job, the work for the podcast, the work that needs to be done at home. I use a time blocking and project management system for pretty much anything that requires more than one action step to complete. It's been a monumental shift in how much less overwhelmed and anxious I feel. I'm more clear-headed and efficient in getting things done. I'm more intentional about using certain times of the month, week, and day for certain kinds of tasks. The reality is our brain works differently at different times of the day and certainly at different times of the month. Having an awareness of that and planning tasks accordingly results in far more productive days. Now, I know that we're not in complete control of this all the time. Depending on your role, there are certain duties that are just required to happen during certain parts of the day. If you are a leader, you may have some flexibility in your day aside from the scheduled meetings and appointments. How you use the time in between those scheduled events is really the key to efficiency. It is especially ideal if you have some control over when you schedule your routine meetings and appointments. If that's the case, it's actually best to schedule those routine meetings and appointments during the parts of the day 
that you aren't necessarily at your very best. Unfortunately, we tend to do the opposite, at least in my work world. I would say a majority of my routine meetings happen in the morning and early afternoon. Well, that just so happens to be the time of day when I have the most mental capacity for creative and strategic thinking. So if I have project work to do that requires a fair amount of brain power, it is ideal if I can schedule time to do that in the morning. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way. But when it does, I can crank out the work twice as fast as if I leave it for later in the day. But now that I use a project management system, I'm finding that I can still be more productive completing project work even if I have to do it later in the day. And that's because I have done a lot of the action planning already and I can rely on my system to keep me on track. Along with the better time management system, I'm becoming more astute to time and energy wasters. The things that do nothing to help me accomplish my goals, but instead they suck my time and my mental energy. I try to avoid taking on responsibilities that aren't really mine to own. Unless my opinion is sought out or I need to intervene on something because it will impact my team, I don't get involved in other people's business. They have the right and the freedom to do their work however they choose, even if it doesn't align with how I would do it. Plus, I would rather spend my time doing things that move me closer to my own goals. It's amazing how much margin you can find in your day if you start to eliminate some of those time wasters. On to strategy number three. Now this third thing is vitally important in being able to leave work at work. And that is you need to shift your mindset to create boundaries around your time. Really think about how on and available you actually need to be. Many of us think it's more than it actually needs to be. It is more often self-imposed. We make ourselves available 24-7, and eventually we train people to expect that. We don't set boundaries, so how can we expect people to honor boundaries if we don't set them? Think about a couple of things. First of all, Are there actually things you have to be able to respond to immediately in regards to work after you physically leave your office? Now the answer could be yes, and it could be no. Be careful not to stop with your initial instinct. Be willing to peel the layers back a bit. As a frontline manager, as I mentioned, the number one thing that comes to mind is calls or texts from staff who are ill or they have sick kids and they won't make it in for their shift. Personally, if someone knew that they were not going to make it to work the next day, I wanted to be able to start making a plan sooner rather than later. Now, you need to understand your work enough to know if this is necessary or if it can wait until morning. If work can be canceled or triaged, Perhaps there isn't much you need to do before morning anyway. But even if you need to try to arrange staffing, 
There is a period of time when it is not especially reasonable to be notifying people. I would say 9 p.m. to 6 a.m., if your work follows a typical business day, is a period of time that should be honored as personal time for most. If you agree with that, and if you intend to honor that time for your team members, why can't you honor that time for yourself? Consider silencing your phone or setting it on a do not disturb during those hours. Now, to go a step further, between the hours of 5 and 9 p.m., which is typically family or personal time, consider putting your phone in a separate room and just maybe pick a designated time to check for missed messages. That allows you the opportunity to distance yourself and allow for quality time with your family, but still address issues if needed. If your work is such that there really is nothing that needs to be handled after 5 p.m., and before the next morning, consider separating from your phone for longer periods. If you want immediate family members to still be able to get through no matter what, there are settings that allow them to get through even when your phone is set on do not disturb. There are certainly a few people I would want to be able to reach me at any time of the day or night, namely my kids, and my husband just expects it, so there it is, I said it. I don't often leave my phone very far away, but much of the time I do silence my ringer. For some reason, even if I check my missed messages fairly frequently, to be able to do it when I choose to and to not have the ringtone sounding makes a huge difference in my ability to relax. Aside from calls and text messages, Sometimes a bigger culprit that keeps you on the mental hamster wheel is checking work emails. I used to feel like I had to stay on top of it so that I didn't get too overwhelmed the next day. I had my notifications on and I would open emails nearly every every waking hour. I would get awakened by the audible notification during the night. And even if I took a vacation... I was checking my emails every day. So my brain was never getting a break. I essentially lived in some degree of high alert at all times. That does not allow for mental or physical rest. It just was not healthy for me and I doubt that it's healthy for you. Here's a suggestion that has offered so much peace for me. I no longer open my emails when I am outside of work. Unless my boss calls me and tells me that there's something urgent that I need to read. But that really doesn't happen. Typically, anything truly urgent would come as a phone call from him or our emergency activation system. And guess what? Since I stopped checking my work email outside of work hours... I am not more overwhelmed when I come back to the office. I am actually less stressed and overwhelmed. When I was opening emails all the time, I felt this lingering sense of panic or anxiety, like I was always on the clock. 
Since I have started to set a boundary around checking work email, I feel so much more mental peace and freedom when I'm not at work. That allows me to recharge so that I'm not overwhelmed when I return and have to dig out. I just work away at it systematically. My time blocking and task management process allows me the margin I need to tackle it. I would rather hit it hard when I get back to work than feel anxious while I'm off, never escaping work, and coming back to work tired and stressed because I never took a break. Do you expect your team members to constantly be thinking about work and responding to messages at all times of the day or night? I doubt it, and if not, Why would you think they wouldn't respect some of your own personal boundaries? While as a leader there is a different level of expectation and responsibility, it does not have to be the extreme of being available 24-7. If you are responsive and responsible with your work time, people will respect your personal time. If you're struggling with this idea of taking phone and email breaks, try this little exercise. Think about what might be the worst case scenario if you were to set a period of time that you are unavailable for work duties, calls, or messages. Imagine that worst case scenario happening. How would you handle it? How would being available versus unavailable Change your plan in terms of how you would handle the situation. Would your actions look much different? Could you handle it just as effectively if you didn't see the message until 6 o'clock in the morning? There are many occasions when I have had to work through anxiety-provoking thoughts by doing this worst-case scenario exercise. And most of the time, the things that I was worried about were not within my control, or I had limited ability to control them. Sometimes I couldn't even name the thing that I was anxious about. I was literally just anxious because I was never letting myself clock out, if you will, from a literal or figurative standpoint. Have you heard the serenity prayer? It starts with, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference? Well, worst-case scenario exercise is similar to practicing the serenity prayer for me. I sift through what is causing me stress, what I can change, what can I not change, and then I pray to surrender the things I can't change but are causing me stress. If my actionable things, the things I can change or affect, could be accomplished nearly nearly as well leaving it until the next day, it is well worth the peace I get in leaving work at work. Changing my mindset and setting boundaries to protect my time away from work has been a huge change for me. And it has helped me to actually be more present and productive at work and at home. So let's recap these three key strategies that have helped me to learn how to leave work at work, be more present and at peace when I'm at home, 
and actually be more productive at work. First is my daily God time, my devotional time, prayer time, something that gets me centered and focused on His leading and His peace. Second is a time management system. I call my system the more time method. And third, I have changed my mindset and set boundaries to protect my time away from work. I'm not joking when I say that my stress level is exponentially reduced since implementing these strategies. I really want you to know what it feels like to live and lead from a place of rest rather than burning the candle at both ends. It is my mission to help other professional women create time for the things that matter most, to find freedom from people-pleasing, and start living and leading in partnership with God. That's what I have for you today, friends. Until next time, may you be grateful and grace-filled. I pray this episode blessed you, spoke to you, or encourage you in some way. If so, please share it with a friend and head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. That's the only way for me to know if you're enjoying the show. Nothing blesses me more than to hear from you. Also, come on over to our free Facebook community. This is a great place for us to support one another on our faith and leadership journeys. You can find the link to the group in the show notes or go to gracefilledleader.com forward slash community. If you have questions or content ideas for the show, please send me a message on SpeakPipe or via email. Go to gracefilledleader.com forward slash contact and leave a written or voice recorded message. I would love to know how I can best serve you on the podcast. Now to him who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Until next time, my friends, God bless.